0: Hi, this is Marnie with Maxim and Marnie. I apologize now. I have a bit of a cold. I was hoping I sounded more Demi Welcome
1: to Maxim and Marnie.
0: Yeah, Pastor Ryan pointed out that I sound really nasal, so I apologize. Um, Our show is about sharing our truths and our stories within our church community at our Savior's Lutheran Church here in Naperville, Illinois. And today, we have Kathy Ewald. I usually ask how to pronounce people's names. Ewald. You got it right. Welcome, Welcome friend. Thank you. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Um, so, Kathy, I, I don't. We were just saying I'm annoyed with my question, because I always start with, where
2: are you from? But I don't know where you actually were born. So, where were you born? Yeah, I've come from the Detroit area. I was born in Troy, Michigan, which is a suburb. It's about 30-minute drive outside of downtown Detroit. And born and raised there until um, right after I got married.
1: And your
2: parents, and who else lived in your house? I am one of five kids, so I'm number four or five. I had no idea. Wait, you're number four of five. I'm number four or five.
0: So what what do they say about a fourth child?
2: I think I I fall more like that middle child thing. Peacemaker. In fact, well, um... (laughs) Not
0: <laughs> no, necessarily. no mediator. Because I feathers. feel like that's what they say about a middle child. Yeah.
2: Well, more baby. I, I was, I was closest. We have a large age gap. Okay, um, just like so, like Sam was uh-huh. just on with large age gap. So we have a large age gap. There's um, between my oldest sister and my youngest sister. They're 17 years. So I was closest to the sister who was just above me, who's like four and a half years older than I. So and she's the actual middle child, right? But we were the closest growing up. We're probably still the closest. Not probably. We are still the closest. So she's your favorite. <laughs> That's what I hear her saying. Yeah, we're we're the most similar in yeah. personality Connected. and temperament and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that.
0: So the older ones weren't in the house really in your kind of formative. They years. were. Oh,
2: yeah. Because uh, I, I mean, I'm ten years apart from my oldest sister. Okay. Uh, So, I mean, and she lived at home for a while after graduating. And so, yeah. So I feel like they were around. It's just very different. We are at very different stages, you know, of where we were and who we were. So who were you in elementary
0: and junior high and high school? Who was I? Yeah. (laughs) And were you different in all three of those venues? Do you feel like you changed or were you similar in all three of
2: those? No. I feel like I was similar in all three. I um, I was. I've I've always kind of been a joiner, uh-huh. so I I like to be involved in things, and I get excited about opportunities, and jumping in. And so, like in in high school, I was president of my show choir, and I was vice president of a group called Project Lead, which was that. a it was a leadership group, mm-hmm. and we did community service things. And I was a teen mentor for um, in my church for the Confirmation Kids and active and involved in that. And, and so, yeah. So your parents uh, brought you up in a faith community. Yes, I grew up in the Catholic Church. And the Catholic Church I grew up in was a very uh, – it was known – it was a very liberal Catholic Church. It was started by Father Davison, and he um, – he had a lot of progressive views, especially at the time, especially in the Catholic Church. And so I, I grew up in that kind of environment. That's so, for awesome. example, he um, we always had girl altar servers. And one time the bishop was coming to visit, and the bishop's office said, girls can't be altar servers. Only boys can be altar servers. And so he said, well, then we will no longer have altar servers at our church. We will have father's helpers, and they can be whatever gender they want to be. And, and so, it, so it was that really kind of environment that group. you,
0: especially as a girl, kind of gave you that, like, I have this value and he thinks I'm just as important.
2: Yes. So yeah. I, I have a different history at my church mm-hmm. than some might have at, at their churches. And so uh, it sounds like an active youth group. Yes, it was a really active youth group. We had um, some really great adult mentors. So, like, I could picture them, you being like that, Marnie, with the kids that you're mentoring. We had some really fun adult mentors that, you know, we would go to concerts at Meadowbrook Music Theater and had gatherings, and it was very musical, always very musical, too. Yeah, so how funny, because that's mm-hmm. so similar to
0: here. hmm Okay, and so then, um, and so it doesn't sound like any struggles or any hard times. Were there any times where you felt left out or didn't feel included in high school or junior high? Or I feel like junior high is a real hard time. Well, junior high,
2: uh, it sixth grade, there was kind of that divide. I, I had... I had a friend that I was good friends with in like fourth grade and then she moved to a different school in fifth grade and we came back together at the same school in sixth grade and the girl that she had become really good friends with, for whatever reason, got jealous that I was now friends with her too. (laughs) And so there was like this big rift, you know, stupid stuff. But big feelings. But yeah. Yeah. and And, but you know, I, I kind of, I don't know, I've kind of always been a go with the flow kind of. Yeah, laid. You would awesome. say like laid back. Mhm.
0: Yeah. Interesting. So in high school, did you party? Did you drink? Did you experiment?
2: No, no. Um, I well, I would go visit my sister who was in college at the time, and I would have like one wine cooler. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me and the one Seagrove well, no, got but crazy. but I mean that <laughs>
0: probably felt really risque if well, you had yeah. never done that. Because I'm
2: also a rule follower. Uh-huh. You know, I have fun, but I was a rule. Of, and and my group of friends that I was with, it wasn't an environment where you were the only one not doing it. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so were those church friends or were those also just friends from show choir? And just stuff friends like that? from
2: school. Yeah. I had a, my friends, I, I had a lot of friends who were in grades above me, uh, especially the the grade just above me had some of my best friends in it. And I had a number of good friends in my grade, too. But um, so I had a lot in the grades above me. So, you know, when I was before I could drive, they could come pick me up mm-hmm. and we go to, you yeah. know, wherever for whatever event that was going on and things like that. Did you
1: ever go listen to Eminem rap? When he was- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, when she sat
2: outside of Detroit, I was like eight miles. Yeah. How many, I worked, how many miles I worked on eight mile. Shut up. Do no, tell. Yeah, yeah. Well, and not in the way you, you might be thinking.
1: What? I didn't yeah, know that no. was ha- what happened on <laughs> 8 Mile besides... 8 Mile's
2: time. not... I worked on the... Um, uh,
0: Wait, so let's we'll give some background if people aren't familiar.
2: Okay, so the movie 8 Mile?
0: Well, no, just Detroit. Just Detroit. <laughs> and the name 8 Mile means... Detroit
2: is... It's... Detroit's had its hardships. Mm-hmm. And it was like a... When my parents were growing up in Detroit, it was a great city, the land of the riches, because all the car people, all the car people there, the factories, all that was going on. Right, and then uh, it took a nosedive, and there was a lot of well corruption within the city government and uh, money disparities. What I know, right? No, from Illinois, I don't really understand. No, no one just got out of jail today, Uh, but uh, so. It took a nosedive, and there was a lot of crime, and a, a lot of crime. And in fact, it used to be like the the murder capital of the just country. because the poverty and
0: the people were in the financial hardship, and it took
2: right, like yes. just yeah, yes. And so, eight mile is uh, as you would travel one direction. Eight mile, there's eight mile butts up. It's kind of where Oakland County and Wayne County split. Wayne County being where Detroit's in, Oakland County then was a more affluent county, the suburbs, and if uh-huh, you will, and it was a affluent suburb, and but Eight Mile, that is, as you as you travel further down it, got really shady. Yeah, uh, I worked on the Oakland County side of Eight Mile, and across the street from us on the Detroit side, there was a strip club. And like one day, there was a shooting at a at a fast food restaurant. You there. should probably clarify so, what
1: were you doing. For I doing was that?
2: Um, I worked at that point. I worked for an organization called RASAC. It was Resource Recovery and Recycling Authority of Southwest Oakland County. So it was an eight municipality county authority, eight municipality authority of cities. And um, And this, you did what when you were in high school? No, this was this was. Post sites. This was me professional working. I graduated with a degree in environment natural resource policy. So I was the recycling coordinator for Rosac. So I did recycling education. I did uh, recycling education both on the homeowner side and on business side. So I would assist businesses in helping them increase their waste recovery and recycling efforts, and I would assist individuals and increasing the amount that they put in the recycling bin versus their garbage. Okay,
0: several questions about this, but we'll come back to college. Sorry for clearing my throat. Again, the cold, nasal. I've got the same Um, thing going on. So what would be your, hmm, what would be your solutions to the double two Texas size um, plastic in our ocean? Or what ideas have you heard to recover that, that you've been
2: like, yep? Well, it, it, it starts, I mean, Recovery is one thing. The biggest thing is changing consumer behaviors. Yeah, like no more plastic. Don't make place. it. Reuse, re-, re. It's you know you hear reuse, reduce, reuse, recycle. Reducing is the best thing. Right. Reusing is the second best, and recycling is the third best.
0: Have you heard of the seaweed um, containers and bags that they're making?
2: There are so many really cool alternatives. I know. Lots made out of corn. Uh, I I mean, there's just so many yeah. compostable, biodegradable. And why do you think that that's not being produced? Because yeah. it's more expensive and oh, it's it very is. easy. I, there's not the demand. People have to say. People have to say no yes. This is what plastic. I want, and be willing in the beginning to spend a little bit more for it, because that's what's going to take us in beginning to ramp up those productions in that sort of thing yeah because mm-hmm. right now I mean you know the plastic industry owns everything yeah and so yeah it, it's really all about consumers demanding it with their voice not just their voices but with their pocketbooks yeah I
0: love that okay also then not to be judgy since you worked there but our friends have a lake house in Michigan and they don't have recycling come to their house that's Why a problem that? for a lot of areas so like by state that is well, all over, or even that county. Here. So in, it's, I assumed Illinois,
2: all everybody in Illinois recycles, like comes to their house. That is not the case. It, it depends it's county. on it's. No, it's not even that it's city. Like city right. of Naperville is the one that living in Naperville that contracts with your waste haulers. So where we are in Michigan,
0: it might not be Michigan. Other places in Michigan recycle.
1: There are mm-hmm. a lot of like oh, rural yeah. areas where instead of coming to. Pick it up. They might have like a county-wide they for place sure, where you can go and take it. Yes, yeah, they, for sure. Have they might that, not but take that, glass. Like but they, that is they, it's not, only certain things that right. they'll recycle. Right. There, yeah, right. things that
2: they can make money off of. Correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I just want. I, yeah. That kind of shocks me that it's 2020 well, and we don't have recycling come to every house. Well, and that's in the other thing.
2: Again, it gets back to consumer demand. Yeah. yeah. Those those people have to demand it of their a, townships and their are you willing whatnot. to pay for it? Mm-hmm. Right cuz it just just makes it so easy. Cuz they're not willing to pay. easy, it just seems so Well, and a lot so of, it, it for most people for a lot of people it's they don't see it every day. They don't see the land. they don't I you were talking to Julie Michael and you're talking about driving past the landfill on I8. Yes. You, know, you don't see that every day and you don't see the you know the plastics covering the shores yeah. in Central America and the right. islands are it's just very nebulous to mon- Ooh, give many give me people. a synonym
0: to nebulous
2: it's just very abstract
1: uh-huh yeah it's
2: something that you can't you know it's Tangible. like oh it's out there but it's not in my everyday world
1: so can we keep on going on this sidetrack okay please so we're here at church you super involved here um what are some ways that we could be better stewards of the earth in church like you you're specifically here at celebration but even your knowledge of down the street like are there ways that we're just being way wasteful on things i don't know i want to throw that out. Well
2: one of the really great things that we do do is
1: Yeah well, we should say what do we do well For example at
2: well? pads
1: uh-huh. we
2: use reusable dishware and silverware I love that the kids were just
0: saying Sunday night at Ignition Mm -hmm. that a bunch of the schools used to have trays and now they've all moved back to the styrofoam and why is that like Naperville Central like that seems like what money 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 Money. cheap 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 yeah because then you don't have to wash the dishes yes
2: because, I mean, there,
1: there are... Because they, wa- they have to pay someone to, do to wash the dishes, right. which will cost more is probably...
2: And here we've got, you know, for example, uh, Russ is one of the people that... He's here every Friday night washing dishes for pads. Yeah. And so yeah. we've got that commitment. And even yeah. down the other campus on for the soup suppers during Lent. That's true. we got people that have said, yes, oh, I will come and wash. so great. And it... it yeah, is it easy to use styrofoam sure but when you look at the long terms it's easy in the moment but it's not easy in the long term mm-hmm. it's yeah. harmful. what else do we do good what else could we
1: do better uh can I say what drives me crazy sure so um in my office I don't have a desk and it's intentional because desks to me collect papers and in All the meetings I go to that I'm just constantly handing handed papers to when someone could have emailed me or put it on a Google Doc so I have access to it, I don't feel it's always necessary to hit print and print off a thousand copies of things when it's just going to go in my book bag or on my desk and then be thrown away a few months later compared to like have something that I could just go to that um, mm-hmm. like so, so weekly connections I think it's important for people to read but that could be emailed to our whole congregation or those who want it every single week rather than print it off all these color copies where ink is expensive and I, I just yes. think it's a waste of paper even though it's recycled in the end it just seems like a bunch well it's not always recycled though in the end so
2: maybe even you know you've got a QR code and people walking in the doors. Hit the QR code right. and it pulls the weekly connections up on their phone. Yeah. And uh, there's always going to be people that want that paper copy for whatever right. reason. So having those available, but just more access to.
1: But printing for cheap compared to 500 mm-hmm. is a big mm-hmm. difference. I just think that. And mm-hmm. that's
2: a savings in cost too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So that's one of the things that I, I got to do with. Uh, when I worked for, I worked for Washtenaw County government, Washtenaw County, uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, home of University of Michigan is Ugh. the county seat. I know, right? It's the county seat of um, Washtenaw County. So I was the recycling coordinator there and then also at Rossock. And one of the cool things I got to do with some businesses was go in and help them find avenues of getting rid of some of their waste that didn't include throwing it out. So nice. connecting them, for example, I worked with a manufacturer that they produced a lot of, it was called grinding swarf, which I didn't know what that was before I worked with them, but it's when in the manufacturing process was they're grinding this metal that comes up with this, it looks fibrous almost and it's called grinding swarf and they were throwing it away and it that was costing them a lot of money. I connected them with a, with a business that was looking to purchase that Grinding Swarf that they then turned into something else. So it was a cost savings for them, so a cost awesome. savings for them. Right. Just it having kind of that global outlook of connections. Mm-hmm.
0: So what happened when you were younger that made you inspired to work with the earth or recycling?
2: or? I, I don't know if there – well, there's probably a ton of different things. But one uh, one thing that I always come back to is Dr. Seuss. He wrote the book *The Lorax*, and it hit you. It is to this day my awesome. favorite book. My favorite book. I I have it pretty much memorized. Isn't that beautiful? And it's a, it's a great book. I mean, it's all of, great. Well, book. Dr. Seuss's books are so wonderful at taking big, heavy concepts and bringing them down to a level that kids can understand. So, you know, the Lorax is all about deforestation and what happens, the repercussions and the the ripple effect that goes on with that. Or, you know, you've got like the Butter Battle book that talks about arms race. I'm not familiar with the Butter Battle book. Oh, it's about arms race. And uh, but you know, for a kid, you say arms race, and they're like, "What the heck is that?" I don't that? even know what you're saying. Arms, arms like race, guns. So so yeah. it's you know, this country says, "Well, I have this weapon." That yeah. So you've got that weapon. Well, I'm going to have this and this. Well, yes. then I'll have this, this and this. Yeah. And so it, it kind of talks about that, or you know, I mean, the star belly sneeches. All of these. Don't are... know
1: that one. What's Please that one, of what the These are two I've never heard of.
2: The star belly sneeches. Please. Oh, do I just tell. said
1: smutter belly <laughs>
2: Well, you can. I've heard it both ways.
1: Okay. Wait.
2: So tell me about that the one. The star belly sneeches. That's the one where the the haves of the sneeches all had stars on their bellies, and the have-nots did not. And somebody came in and had a machine that the have-nots could go and get stars on their belly. Well, then when the have-nots got stars on their belly, then the have said, "Well, I don't want stars on mine." So they got. So it was just this whole big big thing about you know keeping. It's all about keeping up with the Joneses. And it brings it down to a level where kids can understand it, which I think is so cool. Well, that even
0: sounds to me, too, um, a little bit how – what a silly way we categorize people,
2: right? yeah.
0: And just showing – just how foolish that is and how what foolish ways we do that as opposed to getting to know somebody mm-hmm. um, getting somebody to know by their
1: identity mm-hmm. yeah that's and interesting the power struggles oh, well i'm gonna have yeah. to
0: look these, up. these uh, Dr. Dr. Or, Seuss was up or
1: you guys can come to holy family schools We'd on march 2nd them. and read because I'm letting you know, I these books are not easy to read either. They have, like, difficult words. And then these kids are, like, flying through it. And then you get the difficult pages where you go cross-eyed because of, like, all the rhyme patterns. It's awesome. So March 2nd, you should be at Holy Family Ministries. There's a carpool that's going to leave here. I won't be in it. I'll meet what you there. What time? I think I'm reading at 9, but there's also a group that does, like, 1230 or 12 or
0: 1230. Oh, I love that. RSVP. Um, What? What other thing do you think impacted you to make that choice when you were younger? I don't feel like you superset the Lorax. But family, did you
2: guys go to parks? Were you out in the earth a lot? Did you guys go on vacations? we had, I was so fortunate growing up that my grandma and grandpa owned a small cottage on Lake Michigan. Mm. Pure Michigan. Yeah, pure Michigan for sure. And I spent so much of my youth. Uh, hanging out on the beach, walking down the dirt road, picking wildflowers, riding my bike around uh, bonfires on the beach, where you know you're collecting sticks to make the fire, and then sticks to roast the marshmallows, and swimming, and and so it, just being out there in nature, and oh gosh, I still have such warm memories uh, it's a place sydney my daughter sydney always is like mom we need to go to norwood that was the name of the little town that the cottage was in and it's just this quiet you know i grew up in a larger troy michigan is similar, similar to, to naperville yeah and so growing up in a larger next to detroit michigan and then to have this duality of going up north where we couldn't even really get a TV signal. It was all fuzzy. Yep. So we hardly ever watched TV. You know, we wouldn't come in until we'd be eating dinner at 10 at night because that's when the sun went down and right. you'd come inside. And just having that duality of that quiet, slow, nature-filled moments and still the the city And all that goes with it. And, you know, the theater and all that. It was was a great childhood. But,
0: yeah, like what a beautiful thing to be in nature. And then that's Mm -hmm. how you learn to love it and want to respect it. That's awesome. So after high school, where did you go to college?
2: I went to Michigan State University. The green. The green. Green and white. Go Spartans.
0: Yes. And so that was a super positive experience. Oh, I loved college. Did you feel your freshman year the opportunity to kind of say, who am I? Or did you not have that moment then? Or were there professors that challenged thoughts that you thought you always believed? Or, Well, you know,
2: it, it's funny because, again, I was just listening to Julie Michael. And uh, she was saying how her freshman year, it, she had to learn how to study. And that mm-hmm. was my experience also. I had... Um, I went to a great high school. Uh, it was, you know, one of those national blue ribbon schools, so it was a really good school, but school came fairly easy to uh-huh. me. And when you get into college, especially college where you've got 40,000 undergrads plus graduate students, it's just a whole other ball game. And so I hadn't developed those study habits well in high school and uh I was I guess freshman year I was uh Growing, <laughs> growing my social circle in college mm-hmm, mm-hmm. more than growing my intellectual brain. Well, just figuring mm-hmm. out how to balance it, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, completely. Right, because you have independence. You have your own. I'm gonna study or I'm not gonna study. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm an extroverted person, so I like meeting new people. Mm-hmm. I like being involved and all that kind of thing. So freshman year, that was the switch of oh. You mean I shouldn't go hang out in the brother floor? I should study for this exam coming up. All mm, right, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm, I got my it. My favorite mm-hmm.
1: phrase from uh, college. No, I shouldn't say it. There's teens that listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna say it anyway. Okay. No, no. Our phrase was uh, you could you could always retake a class, but you can't retake a party. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a tough lesson I had to learn. Wasn't really. <laughs> I true. think I retook a number of parties though. Yeah.
2: Just, but, but no. Just so it was. It balance. was a fun. It was a college was a fun, fun experience. It's challenging because of coursework. I, I ended up switching majors in college. and um, As one should. being able, Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, you get in and you think you want one thing and then you realize, oh, that's not really where I am should be leading myself. Right. So switch majors, a um, ton of great friends that I'm still friends with today. And so many amazing experiences.
0: Did you um, have any faith practices in college or no?
2: I did not attend church while I was at school. Mm -hmm. When I'd come back for breaks I would go back to my home church, St. Anastasia. And was that priest there the whole time? Father Davison was then um, Father Ken was the priest who then, well, there was another priest in in between there. But then Father Ken came into the church, and he was another very progressive-minded and super smart guy. He had two PhDs, uh, uh, both the ecumenical law degree as well as the non-law degree. uh, I mean, super smart. And he had lived and worked in Rome for a while. He was helping retranslate the Greek bible into english and so he was just fascinating and again of that the liberal bend Mm -hmm. and so um i i i liked him a lot and and we um he used to call marcus that lutheran boy
0: oh wait so okay (laughs) so when did you meet marcus i met marcus after college okay so you graduate from college Mm -hmm. you come back home
2: Yes, mm-hmm.
0: Back working to, in Troy. recycling.
1: Mm-hmm. Well,
2: I didn't know if you were like living in an apartment. So you're with your parents. Oh, you. Yeah, I when I graduated from college, I lived with my parents for a little bit before I got my own apartment and um, met Marcus through. Marcus went to Michigan State, but and in fact, he lived in the same dorm I did, but we never knew each other. There's so many people. And so I met Marcus because he went to work for the company that a really good friend of mine that lived on my brother floor worked for. And so my friend Mark. I don't know what you mean by brother floor. Oh, so at, in my dorm, it was, we were like, boys lived on certain floors, mm-hmm. girls lived on certain floors. Mm-hmm. So they, the, the dorm itself to try to not form romantic relationships, but just connections, Connection. mm-hmm. you, uh, each floor had a, a, partner. a partner floor. So my floor, I was third floor. third floor east and first floor east was my brother floor half of so anyway so mark lived on my brother floor he went to work for this company and marcus when he graduated went to work for the same company and so then mark would bring marcus along to parties after uh when we're graduated and that's how i met marcus and what
0: did you think immediately
2: well this is kind of funny because um Anyone that knows Marcus now knows how ridiculous this is. But Marcus lived on, his floor was called TE uh, for Terrace East in Shaw Hall. And uh, when we went there, we knew a couple of guys that lived on TE who were like stuck-up snobs. Mm -hmm. And so we always called TE the stuck-up snob floor. And Marcus lived on TE. So when we figured that out, and Marcus is a quiet guy. He's, he's Uh He's not verbose. And so when I first met him, you know, he's kind of quiet. Uh-huh. And, you, you know, like, so my girlfriends are snob. like, he's what? And then TE, we're like, oh, my God, what a snob. Yeah. And so then it was after like the, a couple of parties. I'm like, you know what? I think he might just be quiet. <laughs> so, so anyone, again, that knows yeah. Marcus now knows he is totally not a snob. So, uh, so I thought, yeah, living on TE, I thought, and being quiet, I thought he was a snob. So but, who
0: made the first move? Uh... That's hard
2: to remember. He cuz you were just hanging out in groups a lot. We were hanging so you out were in groups. generally with other people, you're mm-hmm. hanging out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He made the first he kissed me first. Uh-huh. So it was midnight when it turned from 1999 to 2000. Well, and Whoa. the yeah. whole world mm-hmm. didn't yeah. change, but your world did. My world changed yeah.
0: for sure. They thought the whole world the would collapse, but really just and... Kathy's <laughs> knees. <laughs> Woo! The lights went out, <laughs> Kathy's uh-huh. knees. Like
1: <laughs> collapsed in love. He's the bee's knees. So
0: exciting. <laughs> oh, how yeah. fun. Yeah. So how romantic. Yeah, so it's easy to
2: remember our, the, our first kiss.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then how long did you date? We dated, uh, we got married in 03. So three so years. So three and a half years. Um, and had you had other long-term relationships prior to him? I dated
2: someone for two years a before him. But I knew the whole time that he wasn't someone I would marry. Okay.
1: Sorry, Jerry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was a nice
2: guy, but we yeah. were just very, you know, different, yeah, different. Yeah. And so he, I knew that he wasn't somebody yeah. that I wouldn't marry. And how soon did you know Marcus was? Well, this is kind of a funny story, too. It's a kiss, wasn't it? No, it was, it was mm-hmm. a kiss. Uh, no, we were we were actually up at my grandma's cottage um. for a weekend. We wanted to have a little, a little vacay. And um, my sister had just been talking about a good friend of hers who joined this country club where the country club, you weren't as a woman, you weren't allowed to be the primary member.
0: Mm-hmm. the man
2: had to be the primary member a big abu uh-huh and i was like who would join a country club like that yeah it just made me furious sure and so we were up north and we i remember we were walking down the road and i was like i have to bring this up to marcus because if he thinks that's okay yeah, let's take the temperature i, I know it's like if he thinks it's okay i have to end this relationship mm-hmm. i can't be with someone that thinks that's okay but I really like this guy. So, you know, I was like struggling with bringing it up and not bringing it up because I didn't want to end the relationship, mm-hmm. but I knew I couldn't be in a relationship with someone that thought that was okay. And so walking down the road, then I I nervously bring this up, like wondering where it's going to go. And I was like, so, you know, she couldn't, even though it was, she was, they got the membership through her and her family. She can't be the primary member. And he's like, that's ridiculous. How <gasps> stupid is that? And I was like, oh, yes.
0: i can marry you (laughs) now yeah because you don't sometimes some of those situations yeah if you're just hanging out having a good time those they don't come up
2: yes yeah so it was good and those are you know it's there's some things that are hard stops Mm -hmm. that was a hard stop for me yeah i like that you knew that Uh so you get married and you're in michigan still we got married in michigan in August, but we moved here to Naperville in December. After and what brought that? Marcus's company had opened up. It started in Detroit, and it opened up a Chicago office, and they wanted Marcus to come out there and, and help with the Chicago office. And I apologize. I feel like he does something with numbers. He what does. does. he do? He's a finance guy. Yeah. So he does business valuation. So he tells companies how much they're worth so a company
0: what's comes this podcast in. worth marcus yeah <laughs> this comp- so a company is like okay we
2: aren't sure so a company for example the owner dies and um they have to figure out how much the company is worth for tax purposes and or to sell it or to disperse to the families or a company wants to start offering employee stock options
1: okay. and
2: so they have to have know how much the company is worth in order to know what the share will be and blah blah
1: blah blah blah. Or before or they go public like before they go
2: public. Or divorces are a big one. Oh yeah. They're getting the owners are getting is getting divorced and they have to know for splitting of, you know, for Wait, splitting uh, That's funds. a big one? Oh yeah. yeah. So a
0: married <laughs> couple owns a company and they work together that's common or they
2: don't even necessarily no, no. work together it could be the wife owns the company or the husband owns the company they,
0: oh, they get divorced
2: oh, 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 oh. and in splitting the assets they have to know what that company's worth
1: even before the judgment or before it's <clears throat> settled the judge Got would it. need to know
2: mm-hmm. and so how does he do that a he lot really, of yeah. Excel spreadsheet magic Marnie <laughs> really dirty stuff but it <laughs> fills him up he is he likes it a lot yeah, it, he finds it really interesting to dig into that stuff. Does it feel? Yeah, because I would feel like Ooh, yeah, I'm getting into the well. Even you know, we go we Marcus and I love wine, so when we go to wineries and we take tours of wineries, he's the one that's like, okay, so how many bottles are in that? How many bottles do you sell? How much mm-hmm. is the barrel? Cost? He like gets into the numbers and he loves that stuff. That's funny. I feel mm-hmm. like Brett will do that.
0: Like I feel like especially we were. I remember we were at. um What's the place where you eat the turkey leg and a Renaissance medieval, medieval medieval times. times. Oh okay. Yeah. And he was like so they put on how many shows and what are the pay the actors and how <laughs> many meals <laughs> and how many seats are in here. And what do you think oh, Ian Marcus could have a good time uh-huh. right? like or like we'll be at bounce down. All right, so you buy this warehouse. How much are these bounces yeah, and what you charged charge policy and- cost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he for sure does that. That's funny. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so is so this is home for you guys. Yes. Because mm-hmm. you've been here and this is... Been here a long
2: time now. Yes.
0: Yes. And so then you move here and what are you doing? Because he moved with that company. Mm-hmm.
2: I got a job with the Morton Arboretum. So uh, just down the road in Lyle. Mm-hmm. I started out as a guide there. So doing the tours for the school programs. Oh, how fun. And then I moved up to... I uh, When I left there, I was the manager of school programs. So I was in charge of... All the twenty, I had twenty six guides who reported to me. Um, I, I worked with the teachers to customize certain programs and and get those all scheduled and all that kind of. An logistics awesome facility. Out. Oh, Morton Arboretum is gorgeous. If anyone hasn't been there, go. Yeah, what's the best time or what's the best event that you feel like huh. is a hidden thing that people don't know about? Oh, geez, oh, so many people. Well, here's the thing too: the arboretum when i started there it's much different now when i started there they were going in they were in a transition period of going from just just focusing on people who wanted to go and enjoy unspoiled nature in there to Broadening it to larger audiences. So when I was there, um, it was the children's garden was just being built and opened up, which brought in a whole new audience of families. Yeah, that's an awesome place. Of it, yes. And then they also started getting fun events like uh, they do in the summer, the Wednesday night concerts. Okay, I don't know about this. Every Wednesday night in the summer, it's they have a different band come in. You uh, buy a ticket. The ticket includes a drink. And you can buy food and drinks there. So we're a vignette Yes, exactly. And so yeah. super fun. Like a, um, there's one band, Semple, that we really like. They're kind of an area band. They're really fun. They play like all sorts of top 40, fun, high energy. So we go watch them there. Uh, just a lot of great they've, – they've done now um, a wine and art walk. That. They've started incorporating alcohol, yes, Marnie, I and it's see made that. it <laughs> it's I see that. brought in the audience. But also, I
0: feel like everybody always posts the Christmas lights. Oh, that's gorgeous! Yeah, I've never. Or done the oh my gosh! Right now, the or the, right, the, the go find the, the, the trolls. The, the trolls, trolls yep. Yeah. Yeah,
2: they're transitioning out. There's going to be yeah. a gorgeous new exhibit this summer that I'm Ooh, super what excited do for. You know? These huge, I'm talking like. These statues that are made of natural material that you, like, walk through them and stuff. Oh, it's going to be fabulous. Oh, fun. I'm really looking okay, forward to it. Okay, be on mm-hmm. the lookout, Four one
0: one. one one And so then you were there. And I was there, then
2: yes. then you got pregnant? I was there. I got pregnant pregnant with Sydney. And uh, well, in the meantime, I don't know if you know this, but I'm also, I'm a trainer for Dale Carnegie Training. Okay, please. I have heard that. So tell me about yes. that. Yes. So Dale Carnegie Training. Dale Carnegie wrote the book. It's like the original self-help book. He wrote the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I've heard of that. Might have yes. sold
1: more than the Bible or something like
2: that. It's the <laughs> second. Bible's the only oh. one that sold more than I know than they do it. something with the Bible, yeah. Yes. It's the second biggest seller. And in fact, it's still on uh, any number of best business book lists right now and so you work for that person he's still alive no he he's he's long gone he started training in 1912 so we've been around 1912 12. so clearly mm-hmm. he's dead yes and how to win friends influence people was published in 1936 and was this based on faith or just no no yep. it's Sorry. all on how to how to win friends and influence people give so me it's like top a three. Angle. can you give me top three or does that not work well, it's broken down into 30 human relation principles. So principles one through nine are all about how do you build trust with others? How do you build rapport? How do you get to know how, what makes people tick? And then once you build that trust with others, with principles one through nine, then you can start getting better cooperation with them. So principles 10 through 21 are all on, okay, now that I know what makes people tick, now that we have rapport, how can I get win-win situations? And then once we've gotten those win-win situations and those cooperations with 10 through 21, then we look at principles 22 through 30, which are all on how do I uh, manage mistakes and challenging behaviors without arousing as much resentment. And this makes me think of um, people don't care
0: what you know unless they know that you care. I don't mean to oversimplify Mm -hmm. those first nine and then the second group. Yeah. But then also, have you heard of the, I'm going to mess it up, but something like 72 hours that a bunch of teachers were trained in and basically it says... For the first seven, I'm messing that number up, I'm certain of it, 72 hours of when my students come in for the beginning of the year. I will not be teaching them. I will be getting to know them. Um, And several of our, um, a team of our teachers did it at our school, and they presented on it and talk about how much that changed um, their teaching experience when they put FIRST forward, what what is your family like? Where do you come from? To get to know their student, and then let me teach you what I want to teach you this year. It,
1: it's called Significant Seventy Two: <laughs> Unleashing the Power Ooh. of Relationships in the in Today's Schools.
0: Yeah, I highly recommend it. But this sounds like these are things that are all based on these ideas from him.
2: Oh yeah! In fact, if you read, for example, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, mm-hmm. it's all. I, I, Dale Carnegie was a trailblazer in in that arena, and so so many things. In fact, he's mentioned in uh, well, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You'll see a lot of the themes of Dale Carnegie come up. Um, John Maxwell talks about the book How to Win Friends and Influence People in his book Winning with People. Have you um, read his latest book, John Maxwell's? Yeah. No, I have not. Okay. I'll have to check it out. Talking
0: with strangers. Am I thinking of this? Oh, you're thinking Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell. Did you read that? No.
2: Mark, I have. I've read Outliers. I'm waiting to read uh, David and Goliath. Talking with strangers sounds really interesting. I just started a new book though uh, on just this morning, and it's on I can't remember the name, but it's not it's not about how to because he's like there's a lot of books out there that talk how to. This is about when to, and it's all on timing. So it's like a Malcolm Gladwell type look at things. But even in the preface of that book, he mentions how to win friends and influence people. So funny. And Mm -hmm. you're like, ding, ding, ding. So you really read, do you read storybooks? I am a novel person. You are.
0: I'm a fiction person. So you do read stories, but you also do voraciously, it sounds like, intake people's, what are those kinds of books? Self-help, I guess, is the category of
2: that. Uh, The book that I'm, yeah. No, I'll have to bring it up on Never my mind, phone. Sorry, I'll, have to, I'll look at it. Sorry, I just. No, I am it. not. I am more. I have to try and stay current on business things because it's teaching classes to business what? people. Right. But I'm much better at reading articles than reading non fiction books. I, I I forced myself to read the books every now and then just because, and I do get really good stuff out of them, Mm -hmm. but I just love diving into the world of of novels.
0: I mean, I just feel like we are in a time where even if you read the best self-help book and you tell someone um, how to or when to or all of those things um, or change or open their mind, I think that those are great if people are open to that. But I think that sometimes it's more powerful to tell someone someone else's story and then that can open your heart to something that maybe you were close to or something that mm-hmm. you were judgmental of. or I don't know. I just think yeah. that that is such a
2: powerful and which is, tool. And it's interesting because if you read How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carney, he, he, the way he came about the book was he interviewed – both famous world leaders as well as everyday, ordinary leaders. And when I say leaders, that's you don't have to have a CEO after your name to be a leader. You you lead within your sphere of influence. So he talked about everyday leaders, famous leaders, and he came up with these best practices. And so in the book, when he's talking about these different human relation principles, he gives a story of here's how this guy yeah. did this here's yeah. how here's you know dwight eisenhower was this with his staff and so it's very much in stories and you know when you look at in fact one of the one of the big buzzes in business right now is incorporating storytelling into getting people to buy into your idea or you know what you want them to do and just how there's so much brain science that goes into storytelling and how it we can't make good decisions without connecting our analytical brain with our emotional brain right Mm -hmm. and there's so much scientific evidence out there that's showing that so for example like i do for a, a an international financial organization I do two different programs on how do you incorporate storytelling into your pitches for starting new projects or moving a certain way with a, something that's going on. So it, it's, it's, storytelling is huge and it's just starting to get into the the forefront of business. And but these, but you were saying
0: when I had asked you um, to please be on our podcast, you said, yeah, I'm having a light month. So do Mm. you, how is that booked for you? Do you have a project and then that's like a week of work or what does that look like for you? It's a real different schedule.
2: Yes, it is, which I love because it allows me the flexibility to be a, a, be a very present Parent with Sydney, as Mm -hmm. well as be able to get out there and and fill your business acumen and and that sort of thing. Right. So um, I I, a lot of the programs we have what we call public programs. So those are ones that you know people can sign up through our website and or with their consultant and take part in. And then we offer a lot of in-house programs. So that's an organization that contacts us and says, "Hey, we have this need." Can you fill it? And so uh, when we get those, I'm my boss Dan says, hey, Kathy, you available to do this training? I uh, got these two days for this training. Can you do it? And I say, yay or nay. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And, and that
0: doesn't intimidate you. Are you going into a room, and I don't mean to make a stereotype, are you going into a room that is specifically your gender or other genders?
2: All over. Oh, all over. Okay, and, a mix. In fact, I In fact, um, one of my in-house clients that I do – uh a number of programs for they the this group that I'm working currently working with right now, it's all men. And then but then I get some groups that are majority women. And, and how do you feel different when you go into a group of all men? I don't. Oh. I don't. Um I I, I You've no.
0: just been doing it for a long time, so you have a real confidence there. There is no insecurity.
2: Well, there's, there's a, I, I, there's a real, you know, that ten thousand hours thing. You're an expert in ten thousand hours. You have to study something for ten thousand hours. I've been, I've been teaching Dale Carnegie since two thousand for fifteen years.
1: She owns it. So, so as a uh, graduate of, of one of Kathy's classes, she taught me, like. There, there. It's intense, like for multiple days. What you, what you're working with people on to get these skills, and a lot of recording. See where I think she, um, is awesome at it. Is, um, I, I don't think gender matters here. But like, you could have somebody be really cocky and think they know how to present something, and you're like, well, that's one way. But do you realize that you're closed off, or that you're saying um a lot, and and you're. She's catching that for them, which if they're listening and want to be better, um, they can then probably make more money, make more friends. They could be better well, off. And so like for me as a, as a pastor, I'm presenting every single week. And so it's important to know like, Brian, you're pacing You're not you should just stand in the same spot and gave me really good clues, but then also showed me videos of how I actually look to people. Um, And I don't think a lot of pastors want to confront that to be better, to be heard. Like as soon as you can um, address some of these things, you're going to be listened to a lot more by people rather than um, them getting stuck on. He's just moving all the time. He just moves from there to there. But you
0: invited her for this feedback.
1: Uh, She invited me. When I became uh, – she Kathy is a very, um, I think, kind, uh, gracious person who has offered this to every single pastor here. I, I took her up on it because um, she was on my call committee and I'm like, why not? And I benefited from it immediately. Uh, when Kathy's not there when I'm preaching, I'm thinking – I wonder, is Kathy there? Is she seeing that I'm back into my old patterns? And then when she is there and I get into a good pattern, I see her affirmation still <laughs> as I'm preaching. And so it's very unique. Uh, you should be catching yourself on these things as a, as a public speaker, as a person in business. So it's not just a business thing, it's, it was, it's very beneficial. Thank you for that, Brian. Yeah. But like she offered it to me as a friend, you know, like you care for your pastors, you care how others would receive me. It was kind of, it was a really cool gift. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. Very cool. And I think another thing too about it is that, about that, you know, going in with all men or all women is that it, I'm not there for myself. Right. So, so, and that's one of the things we have any number of programs, one of them that, Brian was just talking about is a public present a, a speaking program, but whether it's that or a leadership program or a sales program or I don't do the sales programs, but whatever it's and one of the things that we talk to a lot of people, especially in our public speaking programs is it's not about you, it's about the audience. so if you're up there concerned with how do I look, how do I sound, mm-hmm. you're not connecting with that audience, that audience doesn't care if you're nervous up there that audience is there to get out of it what they need to get out of mm-hmm. it. So if we, as that leader in front of the room, stop caring about how do I look and instead care about what are they getting out of it and how can I help them get even more, then we get out of our own head right? and we get out of our own nerves. And, and that nervous stick is, is when there.
1: like you then somehow are closing yourself off or you're doing a tap, you're doing something. And that is totally distracting everybody from the story, everybody from getting uh, something out of it so, yeah. I remember sophomore year it was my
0: first class of the day seven twenty in the morning and it was public speaking <laughs> and I got up and I look out at a sea of people that are half asleep I'll say another name for this person but he was this senior boy he had black hair blue eyes babe to the 10 okay a uh-huh. fox all the way from 1992 is what we would call cute boys. Um, And he was in the back and his hand like literally was holding up his face. Drool might've been coming out. Like this is how sleepy my audience was. And I was 100% more worried about me not being able to go, they do not care, dude. Just get mm-hmm. through your speech, and I got the giggles, and I got them so hardcore. <laughs> like I remember my hand being up behind me, holding myself up. I couldn't stop laughing, and in, in front in of my, everyone. You're oh laughing? gosh, the cute boy in the back was just and literally, he didn't even react. <laughs> oh, like, I can so picture I was you doing that, Marty, dying laughing, and nobody was even like chuckling with me. I mean, they were all just so zoned out, <laughs> staring at me with just like. Are going to go on? <laughs> and that's literally at the one point I was like, I mean, they don't care. They don't care that I'm dying up here <laughs> laughing. But it's funny you say that because I am the PTA president at my kid's school and I have to lead the PTA meetings. And sometimes I get a little bit nervous in my head, like I have to speak in front of, you know, 50 or 60 people. And it's a little nerve wracking. But I always do that to get myself right. Before, I'm like, they actually don't care what you're saying. They're here because their kid's going to be honored. And that's why they showed up. So just get to that part and talk about how great their kid is. Because that's why they –
2: it's so funny Uh that you say
0: that because it it frees me up.
2: Well, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you're not talking about a a public speaking program, it's, you know, you're going into a meeting. It's – the audience comes first. It's not about what you want to talk about. It's what do they want to hear? What do they need to hear?
0: yeah Uh yeah that's really good Mm -hmm. yeah um okay so that is your business life so talk about um being a mom what has surprised you about that what has um been one of your favorite things what's been one of your most challenging things you're a mother to a daughter who is in seventh grade yes yes which is fun because Sydney's friends with your daughter, Ellie. I mean, we're really, really lucky mm-hmm. just because I've seen several classes come through our youth program, and Sydney and Ellie um, are being mentored by Dana Winchell, who was on here. Yes. And she was in our high school program, and they have such a tight surge group as seventh graders that I think the world. Um, is going to be really exciting when they come into ignition I think their growth is uh we can't even dream of what will become of that group
2: because I think that's awesome I just love it they they're they're so first of all cute (laughs) I'm biased but no they're cute and uh and they just love Dana too and so God bless her for taking on that role with them um Sydney said all the time she's like It's so cool that Dana's in college, and so she's closer to our age than, like, you know, an adult. So I really feel like I can open up to her. So, Dana, if you're listening, good job. Yeah. Uh, And so, yeah,
1: go. go I have to say this. Remember when they – did Did Sydney go on the retreat? Because I remember when you told me Ellie came back from a retreat last year or this year. No,
0: Sydney was on that retreat, yes.
1: like, their group, that's what I was hearing about was how tight they were – afterwards and mm-hmm. I, hear, I hear, yeah so even yeah. I, I just remember so good I'm glad yeah. she was there
2: and I love the fact too that Sydney has friends from different schools you know, like Ellie is at a different school or Avery Hudson at a at a different school. I think it's huge to oh. be able
0: to leave that environment and come with a different community to yes. support you in a different form. Yep. Yes,
2: you can get rid of some of that social politics mm-hmm. and and be who you are. So I, I just love that Sydney has, has that. She also has it. She's in a show choir and she's got some really good friends in her show choir that are from a different school, different schools also. So I just think it's really neat because I didn't grow up in that kind of environment you know like the people at my church went to my high school right (laughs) right so it's really that's neat but you know she um gosh I love being her mom and uh, although she was a challenging infant colic she was horrible and she's not a sleeper she still isn't a sleeper so I mean I would get like a 15 minute nap I mean Mm. just just I tell her all the time too I'm like Sydney you were Awful, yeah, (laughs) which maybe works against me because I might not have grandkids now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's an old soul, though, too, like, or just maybe just really mature for her age because I think you guys are giving her experiences or not afraid to take her out or put to places where I think like she's um, um, very adultish in some ways.
2: Well, and part of too, uh, especially being involved with Dale Carnegie and just seeing how. Fear of speaking up and speaking your ideas and and standing out has held so many people back in their careers. From a young age, it was you know we go to the restaurant. I was like, "You're ordering, no, oh, mom, you no, you 100%. order, you, you know, and, yeah. and, and we're going to the doctor. You talk to the doctor, yeah, and, that's cool, and just really pushing that. So she has a she has a good comfort, yeah, in that arena, and yeah. and again, I mean, she doesn't have other siblings, so when it's Our family unit, she's talking to adults. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
1: Well, that's
0: funny you say about the restaurant because one of my children, who will remain nameless, really struggled with that. And Brett and I would be like, well, it's going to be real hungry (laughs) because you got (laughs) to order your food. But it's hard because you feel bad and then people are like, oh, well, they're shy. Mm -mm, mm -mm. You can speak up for yourself. And I don't care if this is uncomfortable, but you can order your food. I think that that is – I think that's props, important for, props, for
1: sure. Props to both of you because yeah, I would say both all, all of your kids are able to speak to adults, a, a, in in a way that we don't have to talk down to them. It, like you can actually have a conversation, check in on how school's going. And there are just some kids where like you really have to baby them just to get them to to communicate. So yeah, you guys have done something. Right? But
0: I oh, think that you. is a huge benefit. I will toot yes. the horn of the church um, of being a member of a community um that is like this and and i think at our saviors i think at the celebration my family more experienced celebration um but my kids will miss coming they like when the you know different generations of adults different families that they've seen grown up different families with kids um they love when those uh parents check in with them and the different kids interact with them so i think you have these different generations mixing i don't know about oh, you but oh, i think that for sure. for sure helps my kids to oh, do for that sure.
2: that's one of the things that i love about i i Typically worship here at celebration, and that's one of the things that I do love is the um, just the relationships here. And you know, it's it's you see these kids that come back from college and are playing it's like, oh my gosh, you sound so great! And you know, see, and I just at, when I was dropping Sydney off for the daddy daughter dance, and Katie was there dressed in your wedding dress, and oh, it was so fun because I got to talk to her. Dress? And yeah, she looked beautiful; she was a princess. But you know, being having that connection with the kids and 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 the kids having that connection with the adults it's well such a and nice i think too
0: like katie grew up seeing carly Nasman be the princess and other girls that she looked up to and honored oh. and so then she wanted to be that and then sydney and ellie came and they were the junior high helpers helping with the crafts with the kids with sarah so and again ellie reached out to her small group and so you know what i mean uh-huh. so i think it's just so great to see them wanting to then serve in the role that they saw other people serving in when they oh, were for sure. they were the dates
2: for sure, and it makes like because I mean Sydney and, and she was when she was really little started setting up the altar before yeah. service. She you know she'd come early with me when I would you know come into rehearse before service, and she'd set up the altar. Then she'd go play with her friends, and so church became a place that was fun mm-hmm. for her. And it wasn't it wasn't the Sunday obligation. You know, well, that and you hear she was really
0: about. invited to be a part of it, Mm-hmm. which I think our church does a really great job of uh, really job. inviting all generations to be a yes. part of participating in the
2: service. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you if you want to, for sure. Yeah, and love so it. it's it's th- I love this faith community.
0: Yeah, what is your favorite part about worship for you? What fills mm. you up
2: the most? This music, for sure. Uh, it's um, again, growing up in the Catholic faith, you don't have contemporary service. At least when I was growing I don't know, maybe now, some but do. when I was. Yeah, yeah I think it's a lot of college, wasn't. Um, college um,
0: Catholic churches sometimes in, have a contemporary.
1: And what their contemporary is in some places is literally an acoustic guitar and a flute. Uh, to to their liturgy. Oh, yeah. oh we but, would have
2: that. Yeah, but it but was way still more contemporary. traditional but hymns. That and... was
1: way more like so. The Catholics that I grew up around near why I liked Mass was because I had that compared to the organ in the Lutheran church, mm-hmm. and I'm like, they, we were never going to grow past this. So, oh yeah. So yeah, um, yeah.
2: We did piano mostly in the in the church that I grew up in because I'm not an organ person. I can appreciate how challenging it would be to play the organ, but I'm just not. I love yeah. listening to piano. But I remember when we first came to the contemporary service and I had never listened to like K-Love or Mm -hmm, any of the mm -hmm. Christian rock stations and I came to the contemporary service and listening to the the contemporary Christian rock music and there were some times I couldn't even sing because I was just filled with emotion from the Mm -hmm. songs and it just really spoke to me and then plus... I love singing, yeah. and so then to be able to then Serve sing those songs that had filled me with such emotion
0: is something I love. What's one of your favorite worship songs that we sing or one that you would love to bring um, in? or?
2: Oh, well, there's some of the, like, Jesus Messiah. By, Give me a little uh, bit. Um, Jesus Messiah, name above all names,
1: blessed, blessed
2: Redeemer. Redeemer. Yeah, that's that's one.
1: Ben, ben. Yeah, and it gets all big yeah, and powerful. That's
2: uh, um, another one. Th- uh, oh gosh, there's um, what's the other one? It's like Jesus Messiah, but it's by like Hill. Is it by Hillsong? I don't
1: know which one you want. Oh, there's a lot gosh. by Hillsong.
2: No, I can't think of the one that it is. What's the one, the one where
0: a a lot of times Kristen will sing, like you guys are singing it, but then she'll kind of sing big and the chorus.
2: Oh, uh, oh! I know exactly what you're talking that about. That one, literally
0: um, every time. I cannot even. I just uh, love it so much. Oh, I
2: yeah, I know what one you're talking about, and I can't think I don't of know it. What um, you're mm, about. I want you to do uh, it. Take all of me. Do it. Take all. I can't. Th- I can't. I, I can um, Yeah, she says that part, and yeah, you she guys does sing. take all of me part, and I cannot. Oh my God, it's killing me. do that one?
1: No, I don't know. Right uh huh.
2: Oh, I love Uh that one. But one of the ones also that I remember touched me before I started singing was, um, uh, I think it's called Impossible. You put the stars in the sky and you know them by name. name. Yeah. That one. Go, keep going. Uh, You are.
1: You are amazing, God.
2: You are amazing, God. There you go. Uh
0: Yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't get to the impossible part. yeah. Yeah,
2: so there, I mean, there's just. Yeah. There's, a, there's so many really good ones that I love when we do. And I'm like, oh, Chris, you put that one in this week. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: I, um, I'm i so blessed by your guys worshiping and singing because it is such a – that is my favorite time too for sure. And it's such a prayerful time I feel like to say those words in your heart uh, while you're singing them within a community. Yeah. It's, it's well, a beautiful and, thing.
2: And for me – because there, there are so many people out there that love the – I don't want to say repetition of a very traditional service, but love the. Um, oh, I can't uh, think of the word I'm yeah, looking tradition. for. Yeah, tradition. That that tradition. Yeah, the ritual. In that, the, the ritual.
0: There's, I guess yeah. in the structure Rituals in that. Absolutely. Uh-huh.
2: Mm-hmm. And and but for me, singing twelve verses of a psalm, you know it, that that just never captured me. So mm-hmm. having this music that captures me, I. I really just gravitate towards it. Yeah. I love that. I love that we have a place for everybody here. For sure. That's one of the things that's great Mm -hmm. about this church is you can Mm -hmm. love this contemporary service and be here, or Mm -hmm. you can love the traditions Mm -hmm. and and be at that other campus and and get filled in that way. Yeah. Because there's not one way to worship. And it's style. It's Mm -hmm. just style, people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all good.
1: Well, especially when you realize like, how in sync the pastors are with like theologically what we're preaching. Mm-hmm. So like our words might be different, but we're getting to the same point. So literally the message is pretty much the same. Shared, Yeah. It's just a different style of worship is really all that we're changing is what kind of chair do you sit in? You know, mm-hmm. oh, there are kids kind of running around and so it's fine. Like it's, um, I, I like that flexibility for people, finding them where they're at.
0: I love that. Well, do you have any um future dream that you have for our church or that you would daydream about for your own life to end on?
2: It one of the things just the continued vibrancy of our church you know, I think one of the the things that Brian's been very good at coming in here is is really connecting with the Children's Center and welcoming those families in and getting them uh, – re those that hadn't been engaged and wanting to get back engaged because, you know, now they've got kids in there and want them to grow up with that faith, getting them feeling comfortable and having that environment that is – doesn't feel – like, I'm I'm stepping into this, I don't know what to expect, it's too formal, everyone's, I'm going to stick out like a sore thumb, and having that very relational congregation here. Um, so just that continued vibrancy and that need for building of relations. In fact, that was one of the things that came out of that CAT survey, that across both campuses is that need for relationship, the ability to build the relationships, because um, – you know, I know here at Celebration, we we struggled when Mark Borghetti left. There there was a struggling time because people I think felt more connected to the pastor than they did to the congregation. Mm-hmm. And so, being able to have an environment like, for example, for me, you know, I I while I love Brian and Mandy and consider them very good friends, I'm also very good friends with a number of other people in our the our church so even god forbid brian took a call somewhere else i still have that connection with with you marnie and you know the baumgartners and and christian reed you know just so many people in the congregation that i come because they're part of that
1: faith community yeah i agree can i can I just publicly declare that I'm not openly <laughs> <laughs> I'm not openly searching for another call? Good like I am? I find uh, it. How, however, though th- that, that is my biggest openly fear.
0: say that um, no one is allowed to invite you to go somewhere else. Yeah. Yet, uh-huh. well, <laughs> He's off limits. People. I mean, I know God's bigger than all of us, but I would just like to keep you Can, here. Thank you so much. But,
1: but, but I will say that's a fear of, I think, pastors yes. is that, uh, how will things hold up when, when we are called somewhere else? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I we need to do better jobs at that like so that's great to hear you say yeah I have other connections but I think there are plenty that don't mm-hmm. have that connection and so we have work to do mm-hmm. let's do oh, that work sure. mm-hmm. let's connect you so if you're listening to this podcast and you're like I don't feel connected here that's let's, let's talk let's get coffee let's have you meet up with Kathy or Marnie and find the right place for you because that that's my big phrase is like there is a place for you here we're in this journey together none of us are perfect mm-hmm. um stop guilt tripping yourself I had that Conversation last night with somebody at Lagunitas uh, because we had a, a, a gathering there. And I'm just like, just come. Like, yeah. stop judging yourself. Just come. Your family's welcomed here. Like, stop because they only come at Christmas and Easter because of the judgment they put on themselves. And I'm like, no, just give up on that. Like, that's an old story. Mm-hmm. no
0: I love that. Yeah. Right. Get out of your head. It's an old story.
1: Well, that you've been telling yourself for a long time. So you buy into it. And my thing is just come back. It's fun. You grew up here. You know, this place better than I do. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And we get, we don't care.
1: Nobody cares. <laughs> That's the thing. Nobody cares. It's kind of actually Circling going back to, back to Mio, the Kearney. For
2: sure. Yes. That is totally what it is. Yep.
1: And, and aren't we our toughest critic? We're for all in sure. our heads judging ourselves. Let go of it. Allow God to love you. Allow this community to love you. And and you, you will connect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And come with ideas too.
2: Yes. You know, is there something you want to see? I mean, we used to do that wine and cheese night here. And then it kind of ran its course although i love the wine and cheese night but is there something that you think would be really fun well let's talk about how to make that happen
1: i need to know what's going to happen after pj and cereal day on march 8th here at celebration
2: i'm wearing my pajamas
1: Right. Do you know about I this party? know morning? about P- so, so March 8th, it's a busy day for your family, okay, because it, it's also youth auction day. But March 8th is daylight savings time. And it's a pain in the butt to get ready for church, especially with the younger kids you have, for the time change. So I'm encouraging families, show up in your pajamas, okay? I'm going to show up in my pajamas.
0: I love this. All
1: right? But also bring a box of cereal for Loaves and Fishes. We're going to donate it I love for hospitality it. that day. No donuts or anything like that. No fruit. We're gonna have cereal. We have milk. We're gonna have almond milk. Oh, I love that. So you get cereal afterwards. We're gonna keep it clean that way. There's no disasters for youth auction. We can share the space, but but come in your PJs at the at the Our Savior's campus. Bring cereal. They, they're they not, no Feel PJs. Feel free. Feel free to wear your PJs <laughs> or to come to celebration if you really yeah. want to wear your PJs. Yeah.
0: And by pajamas, we mean actual pajamas, not what you wear in
2: bed.
1: I don't care as oh, long I as mean... it's appropriate <laughs> well, well what do you well, wear in bed Marnie? The, the, the Instagram, <laughs> Marnie the Instagram post that I made it said Jesus wore a robe and so can you
0: oh, I love <laughs> it.
1: so like Wesley's gonna have his little Thomas the Train robe on I at church I'm slippers
2: man right like, oh, think about how I hectic like it, it so is.
1: much yeah so uh, it's something we're trying but maybe like going back to Kathy's point like maybe you know something new that we should try or you like doing pet blessings so you want to help us make sure we do it every year not every three years i need people with ideas to help get things off the ground Mm -hmm. i i miss the wine and cheese nights those Those were fun those were fun maybe we do them again
0: yeah i think it's all great well thanks for being such a vibrant member of our community because i um we love when you sing and you worship and i feel like your family is always serving um and so cheerfully and and joyful spirit hearts um and glowing on your face always i feel like so
2: well thank you thanks
0: for bringing that
2: my pleasure. Thank you for having and me on Mark. Thanks for
1: Marnie. coming. Yeah, thank nice you. Sorry. It was fun. Thanks thank for you. Listening. Bye.